Welcome to episode 120 of Both Down, the number one Blood Bowl podcast. In the middle of nowhere, Texas. Hello, everybody. I am Scott Prime, and you heard two other voices there. Uh, today, I'd like to welcome Steve Kilowog and Campbell. Howdy. And with us as a special guest is our buddy, Dustin Parsons, otherwise known as, and I'm going to say it wrong, is it Durthu? Durthu. Durthu. Yes. All yes. right. From... Uh, Dustin's been around with us for a long time now, I guess. If, 2016, Critter Bowl, February, <laughs> randomly fell across the podcast with my buddy John, decided what the heck, for some reason went to Norman, Oklahoma on a weekend. And that's <laughs> it. It's over. We're Now we're here. Which is exactly how far away from you guys? Uh, exactly six hours, basically for both of us. <laughs> we, 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 John and I met, and we, John, my buddy and I, we used to travel for Warhammer events all the time. And it's nice. Cause now instead of me picking him up going South all the time, we meet in Amarillo, take I-40 straight to Oklahoma city and go to Norman. That's nice. But yeah, it's six hours, every bit of six hours. What's yep. crazy is it doesn't, it feels like we've known you a lot longer than 2016. Does it, does it not? That's what people tell me all the time, man. I guess I'm just that friendly or, or something. I, you know, I'm, when I meet some p- good people, like, you know, even, even soulless gingers, when I meet those guys, uh, kind of take up a mantle of friendship and we become buddies, we're just buddies. And so, you know, I guess I text you, you text me, we talk, I, it, is, it does feel like we've known each other for a lot longer, but that's kind of how I roll. Once I find people I like, I, I kind of don't let them go. Well, yeah, it's weird, usually... too, because if you think about it, it's like five years. Okay, five years seems a long time, but we didn't see each other at all last year since mm-hmm. the pandemic. So really, we're looking at four years? Well, and then this year's almost half over? So it's like, geez. I did make sure. I, I, and like I said, I am, I'm one of those guys that once we're buddies, we're buddies. And, yeah. I, and I always want to make sure last year I reached out to everybody, and I'm reach out to you guys, make sure you're doing okay. But it doesn't seem that long because, you know, social media and all this stuff kind of keeps people closer. But I also got to weasel my way into helping with Oklahoma Bowl a couple times. So it does feel like we've done a lot more. Don't mind that. That's not important. (laughs) No idea what that is. kind of working (laughs) at the same time as we record. That's my my big trouble little China um, ringtone. So I know it's work. So today on the podcast, we're going, we're, obviously we're going to have Dustin on for the whole podcast. We are going to talk uh, uh, kind of about like, I guess it's a uh, part of the hobby of playing Blood Bowl is a lot of people love painting. Uh, some people love painting more than playing. And that's probably where Dustin might fall in a little bit. That's 100% where I fall in, yes. But Dustin, uh, basically what we're going to talk about today is we're going to cover like beginning painting is that the best way to describe it that we decided yeah a beginner's guide to painting with dustin Be- beginner guys guide to painting uh for newbies out there because we know a lot of people are getting into blood bowl we see it all the time people are buying teams they're scooping up stuff and then they have to start the process of painting and dustin has some tips and some things that he uses to keep himself I don't know if it's to keep himself motivated or to push through the beginning of painting. We'll talk about that in a whole segment. And then we're going to come back also with a whole segment on uh, Wood Elves, where we talk about our fluff behind our teams, our tournament teams, our league teams, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
in this so, part where we usually do some chit chatting, has anybody played Blood Bowl lately? Yeah, as I say, you just kind of jumped right into the transition instead of chit chatting. <laughs> I was like, I okay, are we just going into it? Okay. Well, it's different now when you have when it's just me and Steve. I can kind of know when he's going to stop talking and I can start talking and yeah. then we got business and now we got a third person in. So I'm watching the screen, but I don't see Dustin all the time unless he's talks. And so I don't know where you to need jump to, in here. You need to change your screen settings then. Cause is that, can, is that a me thing? Yeah. Cause you can see everybody all at once. We're on zoom. Oh, there he is. If I open up the window. Yeah. Oh, he's blowing me kisses. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't I? Have you seen yourself? Gorgeous. So, so Dustin, when's the last time you played some Blood Bowl? Uh, unfortunately, the last time I played live was Oklahoma Bowl last year. Okay, we so, all got locked down. But yeah, played a ton of fumble for whatever reason, whatever masochistic reason. I keep <laughs> going back on that website. I do, but uh, that's really it, man. Uh, played some. Listen, you you hit it right on the head. I. I don't like the game of Blood Bowl. I like the hobby of Blood Bowl, but the real reason I do any of this is to hang out with people like me. I mean, yeah, I like the I like the camaraderie. I like the community. I like everything. By the way, shout out to the community. I'm upset Jen, Jennifer Prime didn't make it today. I had specific reasons for coming on the show, and I thought we would have Jennifer Prime, but not. You know, shout out to her. <laughs> but the community's the best. Like. Like that, that's the whole reason that I even get back on Fumble. There's two communities I play on on there. They're kind of, they're, one of them is real new, bringing new people in. And I got to invite some of my friends who have never played online to play with us. And they got to learn the game and enjoyed it. And then I play in another league that's basically based off uh, college, you know, fluff of, of real colleges in the United States, North America playing against each other. And they have a BCS in them championship and all that and that's fun it's fluffy and fun and they give you points for fluff in the rankings and, and other than that man like i have haven't played anything i don't play a whole lot on fumble but it has kept me engaged in the hobby because i can play that game and while i'm playing i do paint a lot and think about what i want to do next and look at the team builds and i've always been the kind of guy that theory crafts whenever i'm playing these kinds of games just theory craft around a theme what kind of theme can i do to make this team fun for me to go and play yeah and be cool on the board more than anything else and that's why you resonate so well with the podcast the whole fluff adds to the fun yeah i'm not always a fluffy guy like i'll, I'll let y'all know i'm not a fluffy guy i do like a lot of the fluff skaven wood elf um those kinds of fluffs i really got into how i got in the game but really like how i can fluff my team theme to to the models on the board like oh, okay. i don't have yeah. to make up the whole backstory uh but just the just the fluff of even the name because like i'm working on an ogre team right now it's all uh little bitty robots and big robots and if the ogres ever get knocked down i've got people with remote controls that will be their placeholders <laughs> and that's the whole point is, is they're they're controlling the players you know yeah uh and I kind of themed the whole thing around that. that that's it. And the, the whole thing, I'll have, I'll have markers. I want to have markers that magnetize to my guys when they bonehead, like little sparks and stuff, because they're big robots. And I've been doing all that stuff on the side because that's what keeps me going to the tournaments and seeing the people I enjoy seeing. I definitely understand that. And like you said, you have been helping with Oklahoma Ball a lot lately. Uh, you're the guy we've gone to many times to get teams painted. In fact, uh, I had a team that I was going to donate to Oklahoma Bowl of uh, some Skaven, and I sent it off to him to paint, and he painted them too well, and I decided to keep that team. 
And <laughs> I did donate two other teams to make up for it, though. So it happens. Yeah, and 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 I I know I do commission paintings. This isn't a commercial for me, but I do commission paintings. I think I'm relatively cheap. But the big thing is, is uh, it's important for me whenever I do commission paintings or whenever I do paintings for charity or, you know, I've done charity work with y'all or just donate stuff for the, the tournament. It's important that I do, do well because I would want to show the team off, but also I don't want, I don't need any credit. I want people to keep coming back and go, Hey man, we got these cool prizes or, Hey, I got this team painted. Look what this looks like. And just inspire other people to get involved in the hobby side and just get in the game and you know, get, get in the community. That's, yeah. that's big. Well, Dustin, I feel like you have a lot to say and I don't mean that in a bad way. So what I, I, I suggest we do is we uh, take a little break here because I really want to ask you more questions, but it's going to go kind of with our first segment. And uh, is that okay with everybody? Has anybody else had anything else to add to this? Did I talk about my job last podcast? Cause I feel like I did. Yeah. yeah I was going to tell people that I did get my training coordinator position and I got a raise. So nice. Yeah. I'm I mean, happy. that's why we're, we're kind of, yeah, this should be on time folks, because we are recording this on May 6th. Yeah. Um, During I the day. Work, I have to work nights and Steve is off until Monday. So we've decided to get this in before uh, I head out on vacation later this month. So um, anyways, yeah. we're trying to, we're trying to get ahead of the game. We know we've let you down this whole year with our work, <laughs> goofy work schedules and stuff. And what a treat we have today so um i say just go ahead and cut and we can go to the next segment yeah let's come back because i got questions to ask dustin that i don't think i've really even ever asked him so let's come back and we'll start with Dustin. both down is brought to you by wizards asylum your premier source for comics and games in norman oklahoma check them out online at wizardsnorman.com. All right, we're back with D- Dustin Parsons. This is kind of kind of be like a a loose interview about Dustin, and as well as him talking about kind of like why he enjoys painting, his tips for new beginners, and stuff like that. Uh, we have n- none of this is written down as like what we're exactly going to talk about. Uh, but Dustin, for a while now, has told us that he really has a lot of what he feels like is some good insights for the new people to um, start painting and not get frustrated, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, one thing, Dustin, what I'm going to say about you, and I'm going to brag about you for a second, is is in the past. I've had several, several, several teams get painted by other people. I prefer more to not paint myself. Uh, I just rather pay somebody to paint paint my teams. And most most of the time, when you commission somebody, you know you get a paint job back. And I don't, God, I don't know even how to say this without sounding like I'm knocking people. But sometimes you see their work like at other tournaments or online, or if you commission somebody just through an online website, you see this great work. And then when you get your own models back, sometimes they're not the same quality. And what I'm going to brag about you is, is that all your work is consistent. And I mean that in a great way, because like, I never feel like Dustin put more work into his models than he did the job I paid him for. 
and I really appreciate that. Um, I, I also think that if I was the guy painting teams for people, I probably would also put more work into my own models than the other guy, because that's, to me, it almost seems like a natural thing to accidentally do because it's your own team, you know? It's, it's a mindset a little bit. I, I just, just like the stuff where I, and people ask me to do stuff for charity or do stuff for donations and stuff. I always kind of say, yes, I, I'm, I'm loyal to a fault in a lot of ways. And that goes to with people who want to give me money for something. I don't, I'm very, very big on, on fair, fair trade. Um, you know, even, I mean, I just traded in my, my truck last week for a, a new car for my wife and um, uh, for mother's day. And I, 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 you know, things happened, some things happened. And I didn't feel like I was getting a fair value. And I kind of got upset because I, I was like, I'm not getting the fair value out of what I'm supposed to be getting. And the discussion happened and I kind of got fiery because I don't, I don't want to get cheated. And in the same foot, I don't want to cheat anybody ever. Um, I'm big on not trying to screw people over. Now, am I perfect? No. Am I, I know what nobody is. I just want to make sure that people are happy with what they, what they've got. I do this in a lot of reasons, just, I mean, it's not for income. When people pay me to do stuff, I'm not doing it for, for solid income. It's just, it's, it's income that'll help me pay some stuff off or do this or that. What I really do it for is because I like to do it. I just like to paint. And I like to see people when they get their stuff and how happy they are. It, it, that's really it. And it sounds cliche as hell, but that's, that's the truth. And anybody who really knows me knows that's how I am. I don't need, I'm an IT network professional. I have a really good job and I'm very blessed. My wife's a school teacher. We have a great house. I don't have to do this for, I'm not trying to push anything on anybody ever. Yeah. When I, when I first met you, I thought you were full of crap a little bit on like, <laughs> Oh, I love to paint and I love to do this and that. Cause I, I meet people all the time that go like, I love mowing my lawn. It's so fun. And then I'm like, you like lawn work? And they're like, yeah. And I said, well, come on over. You can mow my lawn. And then they, that's where they go like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't like doing other people's lawns. And that's how I feel with painting. And um, But over the years, I've learned that you really are a nice guy who generally, <laughs> I've seen it before. And I don't really want to talk about it too much because I know other people might take advantage of you. But I've seen <laughs> you take jobs that you shouldn't or you're not going to get paid much of anything or anything at all but you know somebody really desires you know to have a nice painted team that maybe can't afford it or this and that and that's when you become su super nice guy and also he bends and over I backwards for oklahoma bowl and whenever we do charity stuff and yeah yes he does throwing out and teams like i can do more like no settle you've down you've told me at least a hundred <laughs> times no less no dude i really like this to mm -hmm. unwind yeah i, I like doing this to unwind it's fun to me it's a great thing. Well, and, and I've been called a lot of things. And, you know, like I said, the cliche terms, oh, your modern day renaissance men and all kinds of crap. Because I do all these things. I pay, I work IT. I paint. I go to the gym, hip, lift heavy weights. I like to hunt. I like to fish. There's all kind, I, like, I like to dabble in a lot of stuff. They are all releases from a thing that I, from the day-to-day -day activities of work. And I love doing them. When I say I love doing things, I'm not lying. I don't, I don't mince that up. So if I, if somebody needs something painted, and they come to me, and and I and I'll tell you this up front. Anybody listening, gonna try to contact me or whatever. I, I don't mind telling people no either. That's that's not a problem. But 
I do. If I say yes to somebody, it's because I really want to do it. Yeah. I'm in, I'm interested in the job, or I'm interested in the models that you're giving me. I take I've paid stuff because I thought they were cool models. Like, oh man, this is cool, and I'll ship it off to them. You know, uh, I just like that that aspect of it, like the cool models, the cool hobby. It's what keeps me in, engaged in in doing the things I like to do, which is going to tournaments, being a part of this community, and seeing people have a good time, and and. Uh, it, it kind of goes to the same theory that my barber tells me the reason he became a barber. I became a barber, not because I needed the money, not because of anything else. It, I enjoyed seeing people leave here happier than when they came in. Yeah. If I can make somebody feel good and they, they get to leave here and they make somebody else feel good. It's just a small piece of, of what he can do to make somebody else's life better. If I could do something for somebody and, and it makes sense. Yeah. I'm glad to do it. And that's where, I mean, I can't give everybody everything, but I, I do what I can when I can. And one of the things that I can do is I like to paint. So if somebody's like, Hey, I need you to paint this for a tournament prize. Okay, sure. Why not? I got time. And along those, out. along those lines, you've been watching, cause you watch a lot of YouTube videos of painting, right? Tons. Yeah. And you've been wanting us to do a YouTube video of the podcast. And I'm just like, eh, it's just more effort. Um, but one of those things is when you watch those training tutorials or you watch someone like, oh, this is how you get into it, and you hear from people online like, well, I tried, but it didn't come out really well, so I just stopped painting. Because that was my first experience painting when I was a kid, is I got a Star Trek model kit, had like three ships in it, and I tried painting, and I did horribly bad at it. And I just destroyed the ships and got pissed off and never painted again. So when it came <laughs> to Blood Bowl, I mean, Scott remembers, like, I used to say that all the time. It's like, I've tried painting before. I can't do it. And then when I got in front of the figures and actually started trying, I was like, oh, I actually can do this. And then you'd get a little bit of pride and like, oh, well, this is better than what someone else might do. Or now I really like this as you go along. You know, but some people just get frustrated when they start out. It, it's frustrating. You you go into painting and this is a, that's a very good point about going and watching the video on YouTube. Hey, we've got a guy who's saying your tips and tips and tricks to start painting. Um, not very many people tell you the, uh, I think really good starting tips and tricks for painting. And, and that's where the frustration lies. They'll go out and buy Winsor Newton brushes, you know, mm -hmm. $15 a brush and they'll go buy paints at, at four or $5 a pot for paint. And then they bought models and primers. So they've spent two or $300 and they go and they find out they freaking hate it. And they hate it because they're not very good at it. And it's not because, and, and that's really it. They just, it's not because they, not because it is hard, of course, because it, it makes it hard, but it's because they're not good at it. Everybody makes it look so easy when you watch those videos. And it's not particularly simple, but there are some things that you can do to make the experience better, I think. It, and no one really runs those down, especially for new people. Miniature hobbies are not cheap. This yeah. is not a cheap hobby. So when you come into that knowing that you're gonna spend money going into it, it's not uh, the expectation is is you don't. That's why you want your models to look good. The models aren't aren't cheap, so I want my models to look like they're not cheap. And if I have pay somebody to paint them, then that that double, you know, that I'm getting even more excitement and value. I've paid for this expensive army with an expensive cool paint job, and I feel better about playing them. And the next step is I doing it yourself and having more build and pride about about what you have out there and well, that's it well what 
do you have a list? I don't know if you wrote down notes or anything. Like yeah, that. the biggest thing that I always that I always harp on people, and I've, I've talked about this with a buddy even last week, is brushes from one end to the other when you're starting painting are aren't aren't going to help you. Buying a fifteen dollar brush against a a pack of twenty brushes with different sizes uh, for ten dollars is it is a better value when you're starting because the, the tools don't make you any better until you learn some small techniques and some, and being able to get comfortable where you're at. Um, you know, always a good idea that people always say is being comfortable where you're sitting, having good lighting is always important. Having a good lamp. A lot of people will say, you know, make sure you have good lighting, but really, really you could, you could paint at a window, uh, at a desk that's comfortable, sit at a table, or even with kitchen lights starting out. It's just not putting a bunch of money into a start until you know for sure that you're going to go one way or the other and, and like the like the hobby. And I think a lot of people go out and they drop two or $300 on paints and brushes and wells and all these special soaps and all this stuff. And then they're ready to jump into it and they start and they're like, I suck. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And so, then and they try to sell their stuff and they lost money, value in what they have. And then they lose, then they lose interest in the hobby altogether. If someone were just starting out then, would you just say, like, go to your local craft store, buy a, a cheap selection of brushes? You because well, I, I used to use. I was going to ask. I know there's Reaper paints, there's GW paints, there's Vallejo paints. I so, mean, naturally, as a gamer, if I go to my shop, I buy GW stuff. My choices are GW or Reaper. Mm -hmm. And I know if I go to the other game shop, my choices are Reaper, GW, or Vallejo paints. Do you so, have a preference? Here's a misnomer on that too. And this is something that I, this is also something that's very important. I always say, look, support your local game store. Your local game store is important to support. Uh, options for painting for miniatures are expensive a lot of times. Reaper is a great uh, company. They have great models that are inexpensive that you want to, if you want to practice painting, you can buy a $2 bones miniature and practice on it. Um, instead of using your stuff at first, that's another, that's another thing I was going to say is you don't have to start with your stuff. There are options out there for practicing that are cheaper and Reaper bones. Bottom line is one of the best. They're decent. They're decent. They're very good sculpts, uh, decently durable. And they're the same heights. And, and, and now you don't, one of them. you don't even have to um, prime them now, do you? Right. They have a lot of those, a lot of them come out pre-primed. Uh, I know they were doing that. And I think WizKids was doing that with their D and D miniatures mm -hmm. that are yeah. around the same value. They're, they're not, they're not very expensive either. They're great value. Um, but uh, yeah, sorry. Go off on a tangent <laughs> sometimes about things. Um, always support your local game store. It's very important, but you could do that by paying for the models there, maybe buying a couple base, you know, base colors that you like, like your, your very, very like turquoisey colors. If you're into turquoise or your purple brights, because those are important. Your metals. But like, yeah, your, your, your metals, your, yeah, your metals are very important. You can buy some of your paints there, but like I buy, and I'll show you guys, I know we're on camera right now. I know podcasts, great visual media, but I buy paints, you know, in jugs. Of, I mean, I buy jugs of paint of black and white, you know, yeah. Apple, this is uh, the Apple barrel brand of black and white because I use black and white so much. I'm not going to buy a little pot for $4 when I can buy a huge amount uh, for even cheaper. And I use it more often. Yeah. Blacks and whites. I use in every model for whatever reason. So 
that's so, um, being able to find those being able to find the different variations you can use apple barrel paints for your base colors your base reds your base yellows so what type of paint then because there's uh, different types of paint there are different types of paint uh apple like so apple barrel for example which you can get at hobby lobby for a couple for a couple bucks a bottle the big bottles mm-hmm. their pigments aren't the, they're not as they're not as bright the, the pigments aren't as good of course for gw for miniatures but they'll get your base layers down and then if you if you once you learn that base layering, once you want to start going into the next step, which is highlighting and, and dry brushing stuff, you can you can go and get those specialized paints to have a, a better a better chance. Your your Vallejos, your your Reapers. Uh, but if you're going to start off, if someone's to say, I want you to buy a certain company's paints to model, I would say start off with Reaper because they're usually the least expensive. They have very good pigment, very good flow. You just got to shake the hell out of them when you use them. That's that's the biggest difference is they separate pretty easy compared to some of the others. And then as you move on, you'll find your other ones. I've right now myself, I've been using Pro Acryl, which is uh, by Creature Caster. Uh, I've loved their stuff right now. It's very, very flat when you paint, very matte finish. Um, but also the value you get, you get a pretty big bottle for the same value you get like Vallejo. And I like the the, the consistency and the, the finish on them more than Vallejo right now. That's cool. Um, and when you start off now, do you prime all your figures white or black? Does it matter? Why? It doesn't. So again, it, it just kind of goes, it kind of goes what you want to do, how you like it. I always prime in white and then I do, I do what, what people will see on vid- videos. They call it zenithal highlighting, which, you know, you, you hit the top edges with the highlights. And so when you paint, you know, you kind of have a natural highlight. If you guys have ever looked up a YouTube video, I'm sure you've seen the word zenithal highlighting. It, it's it, it very popular. It's everywhere for people look paying videos. And I kind of do that, but it's backwards. I spray all my stuff white and I've, and I will use, I've used crayon, uh, Krylon spray paint, white uh, matte spray paint for priming a lot. Um, I've used GW spray primers. I've used um, army painter spray primers. And I can tell you, there's not much difference when they're all applied the same. Uh, but you can get Krylon for cheaper and at your local store, a lot of easier that you can buy the $10 can of specialized primer from like GW. Yeah, for sure. Army Painter. So, so that's another thing is, is when you're starting out, uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of videos, a lot of YouTubers will say, oh, hey, Army Painter or, or GW or this and that. And there are a few that will say, hey, I use Krylon. Just go get Krylon flat white made for plastics and use that. Um, but I use the white and then once it's completely dry, I let it dry completely. Most times overnight, um, I'll bring them in. The first thing I do is I take them. Can black... I stop you right there for just a second? Yes. Sir. Uh, because <laughs> I think for amateur painters who are in a hurry because you first buy your stuff, you go primer them. You want to start the process because you think you're into it. <laughs> you get what I'm saying here? You you get excited. You go buy all the stuff. And then as a painter, I get in a hurry. Mm-hmm. I think it's very important that people need to hear, like, you need to let your models dry because the top layer is dry. And I think the proper term is like to cure. Is that to, right? To cure. Yeah. You want your stuff to dry away through. You're right. If you think of it as layers of, of stuff, your top layer will dry quickly. And if you keep applying wet on top of something, it's just going to stay wet underneath, right? Uh, until you let it just dry completely. So it is important 
especially priming to let your stuff completely dry because once you start putting paint on there which is you're going to mix with water you're going to thin which is wet it, it most likely will start rubbing some of that primer off especially when you're trying to go over one spot over and over and over and over and over again because i've gotten a hurry we're like oh i bought some models and i mean steve probably even saw this when we were roommates together like i'd go outside primer them and then like oh they're dry and i'll bring them in the house and start you know trying to paint on them like literally like two hours later or less yeah because to the touch they feel dry but i know that people don't realize like even though it's a very thin layer of paint there's the top that gets <laughs> that does get dry and then that that little bit underneath that little layer in between is not all the way dried through so this is very very important this is important in painting and painting a oh. picture or anything else as well Paint your walls in your house yeah. Paint exactly anything. exactly so also what happens if you're amateur just remember that i know a lot of people get that fuzziness on the priming what mm -hmm. do you use to get that off so so like uh, there's some people who get like the webbing effect with the primer right is what you're talking about where they'll have like webbing on it and it'll look like fuzzy on yeah. the outsides so there's two there's, there's a couple things i've found that if you have that you can get you can fix it but you got to do it kind of quick if you notice there is a little bit of fuzziness while it's still wet, I always, I, I get a brush with some water and I try to thin it out and let that thin part dry again. And then I will shake that can harder. I, I always recommend just spraying one model first with your primer and not 10. <laughs> right. Cause if you, cause there are such things as bad spray primers and you can get a bad can, a bad aerosol, something happened, it was punctured. There, there's, there's a lot of things that can happen with that can, especially if you buy it online and it's in transit to you. Yeah. So just just do your one model first and see what happens. If it's rough, if it has rough edges, take a brush with some water, try to smooth it out and let it dry completely before you do anything else to it because you're just going to keep adding to it. I totally, I totally agree with this. And what's funny is I just lectured my children the other night about we were baking cookies and I said, cook one cookie first. And they're like, why? And I'm like, do you want to burn 12 cookies or do you want to burn one cookie? Because every oven cooks different. And just because the package is this or that, you know, like. That's the term baker's same. dozen came from that, right? S same mm -hmm. theory. So you gotta have the one I'm, test one and then dozen after that. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's where the term baker's dozen come from. They cook 13, they cook the one for them. And if they're good, the rest of them, they can bake and sell. Right. That's why right. I sell things mm -hmm. by the dozen. But there's a baker's dozen, right? Because you it's supposed to be a test. I think that's where it came from. Hell, I don't know. <laughs> Sounds good. Y'all y'all we'll, buy that. We'll I believe it, so, sure. Hey, it's on the internet. It's gotta be true. Yep. Right. Uh, no, but yeah, just be patient. Do your first one, see what happens, and then go with the other ones. Um uh especially with spray primers, you don't have a lot of control over spray primers. And a lot of people are going to a airbrush spray primer. Um, again, it's a huge cost influence coming in. If you're not going to stick with the hobby, I'm, I wouldn't say spend a whole bunch of money. If you enjoy it and you're learning as you go, 100%. Do you think you want your next step as an airbrush? By all means. But just yeah, don't, so, get, don't get bought into the frustration of like, hey, this is the best way to do it. You've got to spend all this money and do this because that'll just end up, turn your frustration into a hatred and a disdain for what you're doing. See, I painted and I didn't hate it i used to enjoy when i lived before i moved into scott you know i'd put the baseball game on i had my painting station i'd paint have no problem spend a few hours doing that um then when i moved in with scott it's like i don't really have that 
dedicated area, so it's not as easy. So I gave you all my stuff and basically got out of it. So I started to think, I'm like, well, I could always get back into it and start painting because I did enjoy it and gave me something to do. And I was like, well, I could just go into airbrushing because that looks more fun. Like, you know, it doesn't seem as... Of course, you know, you just watch the professionals do stuff. And it's like, it sure seems a lot easier instead, but I know it's not. <laughs> it's 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 not easy. It's, it's easier if you... Listen, if you have the extra money to start and you don't know anything about painting and you're going, I got a thousand bucks to spend. That's not going to cost a thousand for sure. I got a thousand bucks to spend. Mm -hmm. So I have some air that I can move one way or the other. And I've never painted before. And you think you want to airbrush? Uh, it's like every other skill. Airbrushing, you can just start airbrushing and start there and learn the, the process that way and not ever have the techniques from spray cans and, and, and yeah. brushes and stuff like that. So I'm not saying it's bad. But what I'm saying is it's not practical for somebody who the, the hobby is already expensive. Mm -hmm. It's not practical starting out with someone, and especially somebody who doesn't know if they're even going to like any part about it. Don't go out and just jump all your stuff in. It will really make you just like grow to hate everything because it's so expensive and you don't like it. So I'm not going to spend money on it. So at some point you're just going to give up, sell all your stuff for half of what you paid for it and really never get a chance to enjoy the hobby yeah. itself. Um, make it easy on yourself to come in and and you may hate it and that's fine. It's not for everybody. It's like everything is, but a lot of people I don't think uh, are given a shot to enjoy it because they feel like the ceiling to, to join is so high and they can't, or the floor. I mean, not the ceiling, right. the, the floor is so, so high to get into the it's so, so expensive. And, and then they start going, well, I want to paint like this. And then they, they see it's even more money and more money. There's like, I can't do this. It's, I don't want to do any of it. Yeah. So, again, if we're saying someone's getting wanting to get into the hobby, go buy a couple of cheap test mini miniatures, go to Michael's or a hobby store, buy some cheap paint, buy some cheap brushes. Because even though they're cheap, they're not really bad quality. They're and not then bad quality, no. Just try it out and see how you do. Now, I know when I first started painting... Um, we had other people whose work we'd see and we're like, oh, that's really good. And they wouldn't paint like a lot of the details. You know, they would do a little bit of highlighting on certain edges of clothing or, but you know, the spikes and all the jewels and stuff would just be flat black color or whatever color the model was. So is there, as for someone getting into it, I know that I personally, like when I see models, I love going into the details and painting every jewel a different color, painting every strap a different color, painting every buckle. You know, like really, if it's a true figure or a true representation, then that's what it's going to look like. But I know a lot of people just, they don't care that much. Uh, how much a, effort do you think oh, is the right amount? Or is it just dependent on what you want? It's, it's dependent upon what you're wanting. Like, I can become very OCD painting, especially when I'm painting somebody else's stuff. That goes back to me wanting to give somebody good, good quality, a good, a good bang for their buck or mm -hmm. just, you know, to make them happy or whatever. Like I, I get involved in painting some of those small details pretty often. They're important. What's very important to me as far as, especially a blood bowl team, because that's where, what we're talking about here. Mostly it's a blood bowl team is I want my theme to be pretty tight. I want my color scheme to pop off the thing. And, and I want, I want people to walk up to it 
and go, man, that looks awesome. And I don't care if, and I don't care if they pick one up and they say, well, it doesn't look nearly as good up close. I want them to come by and see, like, oh man, that's awesome from up here. What is this? What are y'all doing? What are y'all playing? Because, because to me, that's where you get people yeah. drawn in. So you get caught up in the details. But I think the most important thing is, uh, I was talking to a buddy of mine last week. Uh, he's painting the 40k army. He's like, well, how would, how do you come up with your color schemes? I said, what's your fa- what what's your two favorite colors? And he told me, and I said, okay. And I showed him a color wheel on on Google, and we basically just said, okay, here's what I would do, and um, it it's your stuff. You got colors, paint it however you want. Whatever is going to make you happy and going to make you want to put it on a table and go, this is mine and I'm enjoying the hobby I'm in and doing the stuff I'm doing, paint the colors you want. It is a fantasy game and you're only limited to your imagination. And, and that's what I love. And, and people people will find they'll get better at painting when they, when they paint things they enjoy. Um, you know, I have not painted some certain jobs people have asked me to paint because I don't want to paint the models. I, I absolutely hate some of the models and I won't pay them because it's not an enjoyment to me. Yeah. And I don't want to, I don't want to hate this and I don't want, and that's what I'm, that's the big thing I'm, I'm, I preach about. Don't hate this. Don't drag yourself into hating it until you give yourself a chance to enjoy it. So, Makes sense. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go buy cheap, cheaper paints. We're going to buy some cheaper models. We're going to let our models dry um how many models do i have to paint dustin before i get like good at it uh, it, it differs Two, for everybody three. no it differs for everybody i i yeah once yeah one model will not make anybody great i've seen very few people who can pick up one model with very, with no art skills whatsoever and just understand space uh and you know spatial awareness on figures and, and stuff like that like it's it's not like you just you can, everybody can pick something up and go and go. Here it is. Here's this was a wizard. And now it looks like a wizard, right? Uh, no, you know some people pick things up. Say it was a wizard. And now it looks like it melted. And so, yeah, I had figures you know, like that. You know, and and but it's fine. It's fine. It looks like it melted. You know what? Because you can paint over paint, and you can strip paint, and there's lots of things you can do to make that two dollar miniature, that five dollar miniature, or whatever you have in your hand work out to be the best palette and learning tool you have um, to go over and over and over and over again. Um, but uh, so you're saying if I buy a team and I paint it and I don't like how I painted it, don't get frustrated and go um, buy a new team. You're saying just strip it. I you strip it. You know, um, one of the tips I tell people all the time, this is, this is part of something is um and that everyone will tell you this, you know, they say, thin your paints, send your paints, send your paints. I'm sure people who've ever watched a video hear that a thousand times. Yeah, add a little water. I'm going to tell you, when they say thin your paints, just add a little water to your to your brush, not very much, and just grab your paint and put it on in thin layers. It may not cover the first time to like you want, but do thin layers a couple at a time, be a little patient, and you'll see the results that you want. But also, if you make a mistake, it's a heck of a lot easier to cover up thinner paint than it is a big glob of paint somewhere. <laughs> so I have, I have a, a, literally, there's a team behind me. I've painted three times completely. You're crazy. You're like and, my mom repainting her house. Well, I, it's a, it, <laughs> it's a, it's an elf team. I did a long time ago that I, I was testing colors on and I ended up just doing a different color scheme every time on it. And it's because I, I use thin paints. They're starting to look a little, a little worse for wear, but, but they're, it's a practice team. That's what they're there for. 
Like I'm never going to use them. I, I got them at a I got them on an eBay auction for like four bucks. You know? The the idea of not globbing on paint is really important too because if you do glob on paint, you're really going to have to let them sit and dry. And and you lose paint, detail. Well, you lose detail, but also when I paint, I get in a hurry. Um, I don't know how you paint, Dustin. I know some people will put all the red on every model, and then they'll put all the this color on every model. Me, I like to try to see results. It's kind of like when I work. If I have to work a double after I do two runs of running the students through the problem, I immediately think, oh, today I'm doing 16 problems. I went through two of them. I am one eighth of the way through my day. And I do the same thing with Blood Bowl. Like I only paint like two or three miniatures at a time. And I keep going back and forth between the one or two models. And probably I don't let those paints (laughs) cure all the way through and dry like they should. And then when I get in a hurry of like, I just want to get, I tell Steve this all the time. I just wanted to get paint on the model because it looks more finished sometimes I think I probably glob paint (laughs) in areas I shouldn't to hurry up and try to get all the pants brown or something like that. And you're right by thinning the paints and having a thin layer, your stuff is looks a lot better. It does. It helps give the detail. It helps with the color saturation that you'll learn as you go that, you know, you want sometimes not to be as red as other places. If you're painting red, right. You want that transition, but it does help. It'll help with the longevity of your paints. It'll help with your value. You know, that's value thing, keeping your paints, you know, as long as you can per bottle because they're not cheap. They're expensive. And so um, that's another thing is, you know, you know, thin your paints, uh, take your time. The game's not going anywhere. The tournament you're going to on Saturday is going to be okay if you don't have everything painted. The important part is just the whole thing is in the whole thing that, I, again, whole thing is is not don't get in such a big hurry you frustrate yourself out of enjoying what you're doing because it can happen and even with me even with taking commissions from people i tell them up front uh, it's on my time i know it sounds kind of like a butthole thing to say it's on my time it is it's on it's i'm doing this at a very very cheap rate anyway but i do have a life and everyone does have a life outside of it's a hobby yeah i'm doing it i'm doing i'm not like i said before i'm not doing it for any sort of income i do a lot of stuff for free or for shipping or for somebody just gives me something i'll do it and try done things in trade it's the important thing is i'm doing it because i love it and i love the reaction people get when they have something they are very proud of coming you know in front of them so um and, and that would all go away if I decided to do this for a career and frustrate myself pushing myself through. Oh yeah, right. That's why I beca- that's why I say be patient, take your time. You're gonna make mistakes. You're gonna make a ton of mistakes. You're gonna make mistakes to the point you don't want to do it anymore. And then you'll go back to it in a couple of days and, and try again. Just just give yourself a chance to enjoy it before you're really really. Um, um, done with it and, and 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 don't blow your entire savings to try to enjoy it do you have any resources for a beginner like websites or youtube tutorials or anything i i i don't have any i don't have any specific ones i watch um if you guys are you guys are twitch people uh i would say uh uh, uh 
Monument Hobbies, uh, Creature Caster. They're the ones who do the Pro Acryl, Jason Craze. Guy is super chill. Um, his nickname is Slow Fuse, and that's pretty much the reason his nickname is Slow Fuse, I think, because he's just <laughs> that chill. Very good teacher. Um, very good at showing what he's doing and talking about it. Um, there are some people online, you know, I know people like Ninja John. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He does some miniature painting stuff. Miniac, he does some stuff. I, I'm not as keen on him just because he's a little all over the place for me sometimes, but <laughs> he, he has some good stuff. Um, and they've all done these videos. They've all done these things like, Hey, uh, get, here's how you get started. And they all have some of the same tips and the same stuff. And they all say the same, the same things. Um, but what they won't, what some of them don't tell you and, and, and what you don't hear from everybody is it doesn't have to cost you an arm or leg to, to try it yeah. before you learn to like it or hate it. And I think that's where a lot of people get discouraged. Is they I think they, one thing that always bothers me with beginner tutorial stuff is they don't have like true beginner, beginner stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, you already know what painting is and how to paint and how to hold your brush and how to do stuff. So we're just going to go into it. Right. Whereas... Like, I know a lot of people getting into it are probably intimidated, like, okay, well, how much, what do I, how do I even get paint onto the brush and how much well, paint and. And in, in that theory of what is it? What's the color that like, oh, if you're going to paint, uh, let's say. I'm Complimentary using, colors? No, like if you're going to paint up true reds, you need to put a layer of this underneath it oh, and then yeah, a layer yeah. of this underneath yeah. it and then a layer of this on top and then paint your red on top to get yeah. the true reds and like it's kind of frustrating and hard to understand <laughs> where they're coming with all this theory. It's like, bro, I just want to put red on my model. <laughs> and that I've, I have had people in my office at my house. I've had people at game stores and we talk about this kind of stuff all the time is, you know, the cool thing about paint is you can paint over it. Yeah. <laughs> and so let's say you're putting red down and it not as red as you want. If you put it down on a thin enough layer, you just put a little bit more on it until you like the saturation of the red. Um, and then once you like the color and go, hey, I kind of like that color. I like what that looks like. How can I make this do more? Then you go, then you start learning about shading and start learning about highlighting. And, but, but, you know. Don't um, you just buy con uh, contrast paints for that, Dustin? You, you can. Hey, look, the contrast paints are awesome. I will not say they're not awesome. That's, they, if they weren't good, there wouldn't be every company out there right now going, Hey, here's ours. Here's how ours work. Right. Because Green Stuff World, they sell paints. Uh, Scale 75 that sells paints and models. All these places are putting out these these contrast type paints. And and GW, I, I guess they just, uh, either the, I mean, probably because they have a better marketing for advertising, but they killed it. They they killed it with that stuff. It's, they're very good paints. They have some very good uses. I actually use them for, when you're painting white, there's a there's there's one I'm, I'm looking at right now it's called uh apothecary white if you're painting white and you want a cooler like gray shadow to it spray paint your model white uh put that on there and then highlight white over the top parts and you're done like that is true like they have done a good job at making it easier and and i will say this people who are wanting to get in these are expensive they're not cheap but yeah. if you're wanting to try them I suggest giving them a shot once you figure out, you know, your priming techniques and your, and the other stuff, because they're, they're good for beginners, but they can 
if you if you glob stuff on it just like everything else you glob stuff on and make it messy it, it it can frustrate you but they're awesome i love contrast paints and there are a ton of youtube videos out there that show you all of them and i would suggest if you're once you start getting into them do your research on them before you go buy them because they're expensive they're not cheap uh, i've heard that from several people at the shop who people who've like poo-pooed gw and you know oh this is just more expensive because it has a gw label on it this and that they're proud of their own paints so this and that and then with the contrast stuff i've heard a lot of veterans go like okay they they really knocked it out of the park with this stuff they've they've done a great job on this they deserve all the credit in the world for coming up with this and making it you know kind of simplifying some of the things with painting and stuff and i've heard many people say like contrast paints aren't going to make you a great painter because if you like you said if you make the same mistakes you're still making the same mistakes yeah <clears throat> but what it will do is if you work at it or if you're a good painter to begin with with good techniques it's only going to help you you know even more paint your models so. there's a there's a joke in the kind of the painting community or the, or the gaming community that uh nolan oil, nolan oil which was a shade that they the gw started a long time ago and they they've used right was skill in a bottle right it, it, yeah. it, it would drive matte and give you really cool shading effects and it really is neat and then army painter you know they had they 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 uh started their business on um spray paint your models and dip them in the stain and shake them off and let them dry and get these cool effects and it's basically the same thing they're, they're all neat and, and well but i've seen some people who did it who even not understanding patience really the basic the basic principle of just wait let your stuff dry before you get too crazy i've seen them come out look like they dipped them in there and let them dry and it's like the mosquito in jurassic park trapped in the resin you know it's just <laughs> you got to drill down into it to find it but it's it, it, they, they there's some there are some neat tools out there to help you get more out of your painting and enjoy the hobby more and i i suggest uh, i mean i suggest looking into all of them but like I said, contrast paints are not cheap. They're, they're pretty expensive. The GW paints are not cheap. They're very expensive. Um, you know, it, find, find a way, to, find a way to, to get yourself in the hobby that's right for you, your budget, your lifestyle, your, your time. You know, contrast paints may be the way for people to get into the hobby because they have a small understanding of painting, but they don't have the time. And contrast paints take a lot of your time out of it if you just want some really cool looking uh very basic shaded models yeah you could do they really are you could do that and for a whole team in like two days you could uh as a matter of fact a couple of our buddies you know jay uh down in san antonio and those guys shout out to jay simon and the boys from san antonio see you this weekend in austin uh those those guys have been painting and they've been doing a lot of contrast painting and 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 I will tell you this, when I saw them start using contrast paints, it's really amazing how all of a sudden they're starting to paint more and more because they're enjoying it. They're seeing they're getting better. Mm -hmm. They're seeing how that stuff has helped them become better painters and, and they found a joy. Now they're getting into painting more. And Jay's always had painted stuff, but like you're seeing things more frequently from some of these guys, especially on other groups and Facebook groups and Instagram people that these these communities are getting more and more people involved in painting because of the contrast paints and stuff like that. So they're a great tool. Awesome tool. And also like one of the things too, is like you said, when you paint more, you buy more, you want to show off more. So if you want to support your local game store, at these troubling times, start putting together a painting club, you know, mm -hmm. put together I, some tutorials and stuff. 
I don't have I'm, I I am unlucky in the fact that I live in the middle of nowhere Texas Panhandle. Yeah. My closest gaming shop that I that I have contact with really with like my gaming group is is three hours away is in Lubbock. There's some game shops in Amarillo. There's some that that come up and they're 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 pop-ups or whatever. They're 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 in and out. But like as far as a gaming club that people have been going to over and over again, my closest club is Lubbock. So three hours south of me to get to a gaming club. So I don't have the luxury of doing gaming club painting, but I have literally done Zoom meetings, you know, Discord. Hey, this is what I'm doing. You know, people are painting like, hey, can you show me this? And I've just little Discord in and stuff like that. And I'm always cool to help people out when I got time on things like that. But yeah, it's this is this this is it, man. If you have some people in your local area, one of the best things you can ever do is get get around people like you who don't may not be good at painting too, but want to learn and you can help each other and be a part of it. Okay. Um, the last thing I, I want to say here is like, I guess it's a question and uh, it's going to be a comment on me. So <clears throat> I get very frustrated painting teams, especially blood bowl teams, because I want them to look super good. And when we go to tournaments, we see super awesome models. And while I know I can't be the top, I want it to be, I would love when I sit down, the guy go, oh, do you actually paint these? And I go, yeah. And they're excited. Like, you did a really good job. That's a great compliment when that happens. And it happens every now and then, but not all the time. Uh, most of the time it's because I'm painting, playing a team that I haven't painted. Um, <clears throat> but in my life, I'm painting miniatures. I found myself when I played, like, started painting Arcadia Quest villains or Shadows of Brimstone villains when I don't care so much and worried about all that detail and I just relax and paint the monster model because Steve is never going to pick up that monster model and go like, Oh, you missed a little thing here. The skin tones don't look right. right. But if it was maybe Griff Oberwald and it was on Steve's uh, human nobility team, he might care, especially if I painted it for him, if that makes sense, because in like shadows of brimstone uh hero um, arcadia quest we're just happy to have color on the models and i found myself so loose in the past when i painted those models and i actually like a lot of my work when and i think it comes down to like being comfortable and not overthinking and just painting versus and lowered so expectations much. really and may, maybe it is lower expectations but like i go back and look at some of those models and i go Man, these were actually really good. I actually and, and they're I also tried much bigger too. They're also What's much that? Big, they're also much bigger. Well, that's what was going to be my next question, <laughs> Dustin. Do you suggest somebody who's like paint, play, painting a blood bowl team go out and buy you a bigger model just to practice before you go to uh. the other models? Because as you know, Dustin, with Arcadia Quest, I painted all my bad guys, but I painted every hero because I care more about those, and people pick them up when they're playing them. I handed those over to you and I've paid you over the years well, to paint my Arcadia Quest heroes. And, and I'm sure I still have some of them. I apologize. But yeah, there's, there. I do. I, I always, I always say, you know, you can't get good at things until you practice. Right. But I always say like, you have a blood bowl team. What if you want to do a dragon one day? You know, again, Bones makes a cool dragon for like 20 bucks. You can get up and pick up and start doing more and more cool stuff, moving to different miniatures and stuff. The important thing is, like, if you hit the nail on the head, like, you want people to come up and say, that looks cool. Did you do that? 
that's neat. And and you you can say yes or no. And people, I've, people, I've told people before, it's like if you want to tell people, you pay them. I don't care. That's on you, and, and, and you take all the credit for it. I'm just glad that you're happy with what you have because at the end of the day, it's yours. You're going to be taking that places. Yeah. And, and and it does. It does make you – it does – you want people to come up and be interested in what you're doing and, and say that you did a good job. But you also have to know that ne- not everybody who's ever picked up a model was ever any good. Not so, everyone started off being able to do it. And you can look at that when you go to tournaments and see people. And there's people like – there's people at every skill level of painting at tournaments. Yeah. And I, I've, I've asked tons of questions to people and I've had people ask me questions. How'd you do that? What'd you do? That's what we're here for. That's the community. You have a question, man. You see me at a tournament, you have a question on how to paint something, ask me. Uh, well, that's what and we're here for. And that, that's it. Practice and... It, it's ask. a lot. Yeah, you don't know, like Spencer Stevens, one of the guys who's painted, we, me and Steve got lucky, got a model painted by him. Top-notch professional quality, but... You know, what we don't see is that he's put in hundreds and hundreds of hours into this over and over on one model. And like you said, listen to everybody's techniques, but doesn't mean it's right for you. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So anyways. Well, yeah. Do you have anything else, Steve? No, I think that pretty much handles it. I mean, beginner's guide is basically start Uh, whatever way you can, whatever way you want to. If you really want to do it, go ahead. And if you're going to mess up the first few times, that's life. That's how it goes. You're going to yeah. mess up. But there are options to start that don't break your budget. And you don't have to go out and buy the, the brushes won't make any better. And the kind of paints won't make you any better. It's the practice and putting in the effort to do it. And starting off on a low budget and working your way up to better quality stuff, you'll find a lot of times you won't give up right. as quickly until you know for sure that you've that you've tried and then tried to enjoy it. I know. And, and then if you do, I'll buy your paints from you. Somebody just hit me up. We'll make a deal, you know, because I'm always looking for paints out here. So. All right. You got anything else before we wrap this up, Dustin? And then we start talking about some wood elves. No. I, if you guys, if, if, if you guys are cool with it, I am. I know this reaches a lot of people. If you see me at a tournament, you have paying questions. I'm always free to ask. Hit me up. I'm, I'm good to talk to people about it. I'm just glad. I'm, you guys don't have any idea how glad I'm going to be to be back seeing people at tournaments. I cannot <laughs> wait Yeah, to get back to seeing people, seeing paint jobs and just talking to the people. I hate this game with a passion <laughs> of a thousand. Scott and Steve know I hate this game. Mm-hmm. I love this hobby and I love the people who are in it because uh, there are some really, really good folks out here. Uh, you two guys, um, the three, uh, shout out to Drew and, and his crew. Uh, uh, you know, the people I've met that do the podcast aren't, aren't just fake podcast people they're real people and the people you meet that go to these things are just real people and when you go and have a good time with no expectations i don't care if you're coming in yelling cheering and being obnoxious as long as you're nice to each other and just having a blast i don't care i'm glad to get, i'm ready to get back to all of it dustin's ready to see me get really pissed off at dice Man, <laughs> next time next time you guys want to have me on we have a we have a story session i'll let people know about last year at oklahoma bowl where i just flamed you for probably 30 45 <laughs> minutes while you're getting upset and i was 20 feet away from you i doubt you heard what i said but you saw me laughing very hard <laughs> i think this is where you and jen were sitting there talking and you know, <laughs> that's all right you know what i am who i am <laughs> we love yep. you and we all love you i get mad too people will probably think 
if you see the name Dirtho online on Fumble and I've and I've been a prick in the game, I apologize. I have not that well at time. Frustration does hit in. I'm human. It's like everybody else. Uh, most likely, if we were, if I knew you in real life, I'd get frustrated. Then I'd probably end up buying you a beer or something, man. Because I, 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 I'm really not always that way. I just sometimes get overly competitive. But I'm, I'm moving away from the competitive edge because I've learned I don't like the competitive. That's part why of you game. play halflings. Yeah, I don't like the competitive part of these games. I like the hobby part of these games and the community part of these games. Well, speaking of a completely uncompetitive team, let's get uh, some Wood Elf talk in. Yeah. All right, we'll wrap, <laughs> we'll uh, be right back. Okay, we are back. We're going to be talking about Wood Elves, a team that, honestly, Scott and I don't think we've really played that much. Well, I've never taken I mean, one in the league. <laughs> I've never played. We, so our our fluff uh, highlight today is we're trying to cover teams that have been recreated by GW, so to speak. And so we decided Wood Elves today because it's uh, pretty important because it's kind of what got Dustin into the uh, Warhammer and Blood Bowl hobby. So, but yeah, Steve, neither one of us has ever played these in a league. And is it because we don't want to, we don't like them. What is it? Uh, Part of it is I don't have a good team. I've got a third ed team that is questionably painted. It's not great. It's not horrible. Who painted it? You? I just bought it off eBay. Oh, Part okay. of it is you like people and you want to have friends after the games. Yeah, that's why you don't play widows. Anybody who brings two, anybody who brings a strip ball war dancer, you're you're unimaginative, and I hate you before <laughs> we get down. Strip ball war dancer, I don't want to talk to you. There is I play a lot halflings, of that. I play halflings and snotlings and teams that don't care about that crap, and I hate you for it, but not personal. Okay, there is yeah, something to be said of that, like. The ironically, the only time I've ever played Wood Elves in a tournament was Critical Five in 2016, when we first met John and Dustin. I played Amazon. That that was my first tournament ever. Yeah, I played in some leagues and stuff back when you know 95, 96. My first tournament ever, and I played Amazon's. And uh, you know, I, I was still asking you what the rules were. Like, yeah. I, I, can I do this? And you're like, yeah. But I just remember going, I'm never catching these stupid elves. I'm never going <laughs> to tackle any of them. I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing. And pretty much that's what happened. I didn't catch any of them. You jumped around like you're on trampolines. And then I had to well, I the game. So. I took them because I uh, we were able to induce a wizard for that mm-hmm. tournament. We could actually roster one. So I took one. And I had the Torgovan Fire Mares based off of Crawl because I love Crawl. And... Um, my main memory was getting a fireball off onto Hess and like knocking down six of his people with a fireball, and he hated it. But I did end yeah, up you... getting best offense for that team, so that was You're something. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. I don't know. I probably gave up three or four touchdowns to you. It helps, it's... yeah. But I'm just. What, wouldn't have you take him just to tournament, Scott, a couple times? That's what I, I am checking that right now. I'm getting on the. Um... O-B-B-L-M to see if I've ever played this team. I didn't think to look on Fumble, but I'm just not a huge fan of the elves. I mean... So so here's... So I'm gonna... (laughs) We'll finish up me and Steve because we're kind of quick here and then we'll let Dustin talk about how he got into Blood Bowl and how Wood Elves were his first love. But, um, you know, kind of the fluff behind these guys is that these are kind of... 
all the other snooty elves went back to the island and these guys were the ones that were left over and in, into the forest or whatever the athlone forest in the old world right and that's kind of the general thing they're i always call them the hippie elves because they they hang out with tree men and stuff like that um <laughs> i do like the idea of the wood elves because they remind me so much of the elves that we see in the artwork of like magic the gathering and i know that's kind of goofy but that's kind of where i always think of wood elves i think of a lot of those like those type of elves from the artwork from magic the gathering and like yeah i've never played a league wood elf team and i think a lot of the times is because other people have played wood elves and i traditionally like to not play the same race if somebody else is uh same thing with the store league when we had the store league i think there was some wood elf teams i remember uh our buddy gary brown he was playing a wood elf team so there was no reason or <laughs> that i wanted to play them it, matter of fact in the last league that got uh, abandoned because of covid his wood elf team if you remember steve was super strong i mean they yeah. had like strength ups and they had agility randomly ups getting these... every stat increase yeah right for, for, first time i met gary i went a stone cold stunner him after playing him because i was playing lizardman against his wood elves okay and... yeah now he is a big wood elf player because yeah he's a super wood elf mark like it is Correct. i don't even know him that well and he 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 was like this is my first tournament in years and you could tell by the way he played that team he had played that team Yes, he, he defaults to what else quite a bit. And there's a reason why. I mean, everybody has, especially with the old rules, mm-hmm. you know, everybody, the, the only weakness they really had was that seven armor, right? You could have two wood elf, two war dancers and a bunch of linemen. And really the war dancer is by far the best player in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Not a doubt out of the box. You can't get a better player. Than yeah. The, the war dancer. I mean, I've seen deep. I mean, granted Dean Piper is, a wizard and probably sacrifices dice on the weekends to whatever knuckle god but i've seen i've seen him play 1v9 with one war dancer and score a damn touchdown yeah like yeah. you should not have a guy out of the box and that's what skill of course it's skill and stuff but that guy is amazing that 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 one character when i was talking to you earlier about getting some of my buddies in the game i showed them on fumble and they're like i want to play elves you know because that like you said it's a big draw for people that fantasy elves are cool to a lot of people and I showed him, like, you're going to love this. And I showed him that he started playing. And that that one character got him to start playing other teams. Because he's like, that's fun. What else can I do in this game? So right. that, I mean, I mean, yeah, show them the power play early. They'll get to the other stuff later when they get tired of it. When you bring <laughs> new players in. Well, so I want to go over my fluff really quick. Because even though I've only played this team one time in a NAF tournament, I went one win and two draws. We played this up at um, Emerald City Cup. I believe it was the second one or first one okay. up there in Wichita, Kansas. Um, so my team is, um, I had them painted and I, I can't remember who painted. I don't know if Dustin painted these or if Nathan painted these or where I got these guys painted from, uh, but they're all like fall colors, like fall leaf colors. So they're, they're oranges and yellows and in-betweens with us spattling of like some browns and some greens and um i grew up on a street in choctaw oklahoma named oak hill and so i decided to just call my team i mean that sounds like something that would be found in a forest you know like a location or an area for a tribe of these elves to live so my team and i've always loved the the name outlaws in a way my my team is kind of like 
I mean, they're called the Oak Hill Outlaws and they're very reminiscent of kind of like Robin Hood and his Merry Men, you know, like if somebody comes through and they're evil, they're going to rob them or something like that, take them out and, you know, get the Chaos Tribe out of there and then give all those goods back to the poor people or the people that are in the forest or the surrounding areas. So that's kind of what my team's always been based off of. Um, I love this team. And really, I love the models because I bought some of these female elf models, individual models, I think from Impact Miniatures back in the day. Um, so I have a spattering of like uh, a female thrower. I have a couple of uh, female uh, elf linemen because I got like one of each pose. I think I even have a female war dancer extra model and a female catcher. So this was my first kind of foray into having a team that had both genders clearly identified on the team. Now we're seeing that more and more these days in blood bowl, which I think is cool. But um, I remember when I first came up with this team concept and started buying the models back right when we first started the podcast, um, I was, you know, in the process of doing this, we only had like Zara the Slayer, right. As the female model. Yeah. And I was like, why aren't there more female, you know, members on this thing? And so this was my big deal to get some other females into a Blood Bowl team for the first time. Um, you know, my fluff is very simple. I kind of like research some things and I, you know, I came up with uh, my war dancers. One represents the end of winter. So, and then one is like rebirth of, you know, the new spring. So like, it's like a seasonal thing. So I have like, my names are like Orin, Winterfall, the Destroyer. He's always my war dancer. That it, I, I like having a war dancer, especially at tournaments, that has frenzy. I know it sounds crazy to most people, but he's the frenzy guy. And then I have Ariel Springborn. She's the one with tackles. So they're kind of like one's a kind of meaner guy, and the other one's a, a female that's nice and protective. And, you know, anyways, they play different roles is kind of the thing there. Yeah. Um, the rest of my team names, a lot of them, I believe, if I'm, if I remember correctly, it's been so long. Um, I kind of stole from some Magic the Gathering cards of like elf legends that were in Magic the Gathering, because you know otherwise you have like a dryad elf in Magic, but when they have like a legend, they might have like a a full name for a character and stuff like that. And so a lot of these were taking pieces of that and co cobbling them together with just some ideas uh, i had to kind of come up with blood bowl sounding names i have like iridessa sun streak sun seeker i have a uh, drawer data um wolf blood i have jenica silver mist i have rice nightwalker as some of my other names um then i have a guy named uh hograth uh thick thick root the eternal and i think that hograth was a magic guy i can't or a D&D character. I can't remember exactly on that, but I did do some research. I know at the time I didn't come up with these names in five minutes. <laughs> I, I did a lot of uh, research on this. Uh, there's one called Glissandra. Do you remember a Glissandra when we played Magic Steve in Zendikar Block? Because no. that's where that name comes from. Okay. She was like a, a like an evil elf type deal that was a pretty good card at the time. So If you say so. Yeah, uh, Glissandra uh, Windrunner. She's one of my catchers, but Anyways, the whole idea is this themey thing of, you know, the seasons and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I, I really, I really should play this team more because every time I see these models, I just, I just adore them and I love them. Uh, even the uh, tree man has like the little, 
like his leaves are brown and stuff yeah. like that. So, so even that I, way, I like I don't even know that I've ever seen a wood elf team that's made me go, oh wow, I want that. This is I don't uh, care about elves that much, I guess. Well, but at least that type thing. of fantasy elves. I like pro my, elves. My models are third ed models uh, of wood elves, but you know, by me adding those female models, it made me really, really like the team. Yeah. Um, so I guess you just got to figure out something to, you know, <laughs> you know, if you don't like a team, you got to go find the fluff to make you like the team. So with that said, <laughs> that's all I have for you guys fluff wise on my team. It's not, it's not deep at all. I mean, I did put some thought into it, but Dustin, you, I guess, fell in love with elves to begin with. And that's how you became into Warhammer, which transitioned to Blood Bowl. Yeah, it's a. It's a it's a love hate relationship with elves. Uh, my first model, one of my first models I ever bought was uh, High Elf Eltharian Grim from Fifth Edition Warhammer Fantasy, and then I also had that day I bought a box of Wood Elven Archers, and from that point on I was basically in love with Wood Elf Archers and Wood Elf fluff because in, in the in back in Fifth Edition Wood, Warhammer, when you bought an army book codex, it, it was thick with fluff. I, I Living where I lived, I didn't get to play as maybe twice a year. So I spent a lot of time reading those books and um, over and over and over again. And I loved it. I always loved the wood elf fluff, and that's why um, I, I've always my kept my uh, nickname on mine's always been Durthu wherever I go. It's what I sign up for a lot of my stuff. It's just because I love the fact that these people they they stood they stood they stood home in their forest, protected their lands. And while they were there, they happened to meet some people who were even older than them, and which are the tree men and the tree ants and the people like that. And uh, it just drew me right in. So, yeah, when I started playing Blood Bowl, I mean, of course, the first team I ever had was humans because I bought the box set. And then I started trying to collect uh, wood elves and dark elves. Man, I... So your username is a tree man? Yeah, it's a tree man. So Durthu is the oldest tree man in the forest. He actually... The fluffs kind of changed over the years on him. Um He's the oldest living tree man. He he's basically the meanest, nastiest tree man in the whole world. And if you walk into his part of the forest, if he doesn't know you, he just kills you. He's not one to mess around with people. He's he's very finicky. But if you've gotten that deep in the forest it, without dying, you now you're you're lucky because that that's how deep he lives. And so he's oh. one of those guys that. Uh, is friends with the elven like like Orion and Ariel, the elven the elven deities that. Oh, that, see, that that's where from. I got Orion from. Then I must have did yeah. research, and that's where I picked up my Orion. Orion was uh, he's the king of the Wood Elves. So he was the king of the Wood Elves, and he takes the form of the god Kurnos. I think is how you say it, and uh, the god of the hunt, and that's how he comes out. And he takes a sleep every winter, and in the summer he has the hunt. And ah, uh, that's where I came. I, I had to. That's where I came up with my war dancer, Orion yeah. Winterfall the Destroyer. Yeah, because of the hunting and ah. Uh, see, I know I researched it somewhere. It's just been like seven, eight years. Ago. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of stories about Orion and being woken too early and there's you know, things like that because he he slumbers and then Ariel the 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 queen. She took the flight of a giant like moth. Oh, and- Dustin, I love you because now you're recalling all the things that I did at one point. Do you have a- up with my wood elves? You have an Ariel and stuff like that in there. Uh, I have Ariel Springborn, the uh-huh. giving. Right, right. She's my other war dancer. Right, so she's the queen of the wood elves. Okay. Do you have like somebody named Ska or somebody like that? S K W. Let's not. S K A W. 
let's not get too carried away here. I'm just saying, man. I must have done the research, you know, and named the war dancers, which are the two highest mm-hmm. positions, you know, the two most important positions on wood elves. And then I, I probably just took that uh, Magic the Gathering legend thing, got carried away with that with the, with the linemen, so... Right. Yeah, and that's how I got it. That was that's what drew me in more and more to elves. And then I became uh, once I started playing Warhammer more seriously, uh, trying to play the game more seriously instead of fluff. I, I played Skaven because I could put four hundred and thirty eight guys, literally four hundred and thirty eight models on the board is what I had at one time, and just just run it across the table. That was like my favorite thing. And so uh, I I transitioned to Skaven, but there is no doubt my the only reason I ever started playing any games was wood elves that box of wood elf archers and then that book that fifth edition book that i still have and i I still read it sometimes just the stories and stuff in there and then there's so many cool characters and they've taken these these people and these characters and made different games you know total war online and you can play those games and see that stuff i i'm not a big fluff guy in a lot of ways but you talk about wood elves i'm digging i dig that fluff and the skaven fluff those are my two favorite in the entire Warhammer world, probably those. Yeah, two. I know you love to make up dumb names and then run them by me just to try to get me mad. So. Oh yeah, my my ogre my ogre team Amber Waves of Pain. I don't know why you didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get out of here. Down <laughs> improved. But yes, I'm not very fluffy. I make, I give Scott hell all the times. I'll send him ridiculous names. Hey, I did come up with a good theme for your old world alliance don't even pretend like that wasn't a good idea what was that with the nwa logo over the rax guard symbol but it said owa on it you remember that (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) i I, maybe i don't want to give you any credit because you come up with so many dumb things i do make me mad you like to really there's a few of you guys who really like to just go out of your way just to be dumb to piss me off on the fluff stuff. It's not about to piss you off. It's to keep you in check so you don't get too far out. To be know? fair, uh, it is funny. Know. If I didn't give you a hard time, Scott, you'd think I'd hate you. That's true. Very true. So, Steve, did you have any fluff behind your team? No. I mean, it no. was basically based off crawl. Okay. That was it. The fluffy head was winning with the wizard. Yeah. That was his fluff. I mean, but, that was all. I mean, I just liked so, the movie. So, you don't own, Steve, you don't own the latest models of the Wood Elves. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. I okay. Have, they're uh, just in package, right? Yeah. Okay. I've painted that team and put them together. And, and GW can take all those Wood Elf kits and Put in some place that I don't think this is fa- this is a family friendly show, right? I should really yeah, watch what I want to say. Understood. Uh, no, they they did a real. Uh, this goes back into the modeling hobby aspect. It was one of the things that has frustrated me the most in the last few years. Is I don't paint a lot of GW Elvish teams, and I don't put a lot of them together. I don't put any together at all because they they did went out of their way to make it overly difficult to put them together. And I've put together Infinity models if anybody listening knows what infinity is or, that's the ones where they're like on the their toenail jumping like, in the air yeah those a hair keeping yeah. them on the ground and then malifaux is even worse i've had to put malifaux they have individual that's, fingers that's what i'm talking about yeah malifaux is the one that like oh gosh and malifaux are plastic so you break everything i put those together but they're such small war bands and you don't have to do all every all, all, all of the models in the Elven, especially the Pro Elf box I did for Steve, 
I wanted to take those boxes <laughs> and just throw them in my fireplace. I hated them. Um, they look cool when they're done. Of course they do, because they are really good sculpts. They're not my favorite elf sculpts, but they're cool. And I just, man, they, I don't know why they went to such lengths to make it hard for people. Oh, no. Maybe so people. Maybe so there won't be as many on the tournament circuit. And people won't play overpowered no, board answers. No, I, I, <laughs> I have a theory that we're getting a lot of these models on their toes and with a blade of grass holding them up. So you accidentally break the model and then you have to buy a new team. I know that's probably not true because GW really <laughs> is more of a model company and not a gaming company. I don't, you know, I really think their idea. They don't care how many games you play they just want you to keep buying models and paints is what i think it really comes down to that's what they turn they turn their business model i feel like into a modeling painting company who makes games right and that's why they've done a lot of board games and specialized games i think in the last few years is they've gone to that market look people think i don't like dynamic looking models that that is untrue i just don't want to play with these super dynamic models of you know, a troll slayer jumping in the air, being held to the ground by his beard. I think it looks cool as a model or a little statue. It doesn't look like I, I've said this in the past. And if we have new listeners, I like the models where they look like they're just about to hike the ball. You know, they're, they're ready. They're in their stance. They're just about to hike the ball. I do not like the catchers jumping in the air, going for a one-handed catch, or they're diving, or that griff that was like jumping forward that we had a few editions back. Those models just don't do anything for me when they're on the field. Now, if you're having a painting competition and you say best painted model wins and somebody paints those up, they look great. And some people like playing with, I mean, I understand the appeal to have, it goes back to the aesthetic of, I like the way it looks. I enjoy playing it. So I feel good about coming. I don't care how I do, you know, enjoying the hobby. Some people do that. I do that in some cases. My first thought, especially when painting stuff and putting stuff together is how can I lay this down when it gets hit? Because it's going to get hit and it's going to fall on the ground and I don't want to repair it over and over again. Even if, even if you lay something down as softly as you can, we all know one wrong move on a model and the base goes across the room or a finger gets in your eye or whatever. It it doesn't matter. It just happens. And so I I have been really an advocate advocate. Like I'm out like protesting the cause. (laughs) I've really been upset with GW going with this big guy on one foot holding one hand up. Oh, the the big guy's really ridiculous. Oh man. Like the big guys are already hard enough to play around with in the middle of the game. Why do you make them taller? That's why I'm doing my ogre team kind of the way I'm doing. I want it to be able to fit in the square when it's up and when it's on the ground, I'll have these little remote control people as their replacement. So I don't have to clog up the board. It's hard enough to see the square sometimes. Uh, and especially with newer players coming in, you want them to be able to see clearly what's yeah, happening. So that freaking deep root just the thing's the, massive. The, I, yeah. I, you want to talk about the only tree of men model they've ever done, GW has ever done that I liked, has been that last Dirthu model they did in, in the before they went from Warhammer 8th edition into Age of Sigmar. It was beautiful, beautiful big model. Uh, that's the only it's the only treatment model I've ever liked from if that they've ever done. Um, there's some other companies that have done some nice ones, um, and, and there's some other ones that have done some kind of ridiculous ones. But 
GW has only put out one quality tree model and it's <laughs> probably, you know, a foot tall, <laughs> you know, you, you can't play with it in blood bowl. Right. So, um, and I understand they're, they're trying, they're trying to make it look compact and big at the same time. So you add girth to it, maybe a little height. It's just awkward to put on the board and move around. Well, let me tell you something. If you've got new players that see those models for the first time, they do pop probably to that new person who sees it and goes, man, these models look amazing and this yeah, and sure. that. But once you get on the blood bowl field, you're trying to move your model by a guy and you know, your hand catches it or you put know, it next to another big guy. I, I can't tell you how many times that somebody's rolled dice and there's there's flingers and not dice cut people and they fling them and then it hits the model and they immediately go, oh, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to do it. And they think they might have broke the model. And it's possible when you have these things on slivers of hair mm-hmm. jumping in the air. But Yeah, you've got an ogre doing a one finger push up like he's Bruce Lee and you wonder <laughs> why the base keeps going missing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it really is. Uh, what's that, Grack and Crumbleberry? I hate that, but Ogre model who's doing the kick, you know, he's doing that kicking pose. Yeah. Because they made that model longer than the base a little bit. And so it's just awkward to play with. It's it's a cool looking idea for a diorama or like, I understand they're selling these models for action poses and stuff, but it's really difficult to play with sometimes. And, and, and that is, that is something I do. That's the reason I, I think I like the game as much too, is because sometimes it gets a little fiddly. Yeah. Um, and you know how people are, so, you know, they pay their models and then you you you're like hey uh i need to put that guy down you always have a conversation you know do you want me to touch your stuff or do you do you, do you want to touch your stuff? i've played against a couple of teams where i'm like i'm not touching your figures exactly i will tell you <laughs> who needs to go down and you do it exactly and i i tell people all the time i don't care if you break it i'm just as likely to break it as you are it's a yeah. lot easier for you to do it man and it doesn't bother me one bit so yeah, there, there are those exceptions. You gotta, you know, you gotta be careful. I just don't want fiddly stuff out to be broke. And you take that chance when you put it out there, and you I, have to I know like, that that's. I like how we got to this from Wood Elves. Hey, yeah, it's <laughs> because they're. It's because all the elven models that you see, they have to have some sort of dynamic pose. They do. We know their agility four. It's on the stat sheet. We don't have to see them doing a backflip. But some of them are pretty cool. Yeah, I will admit there's some pretty cool elven elvish models out there. Um, so anything Ridiculous else poses. Wood Elf related before we go to the shout outs, since we got kind of an abbreviated episode? Nah. What's that? Thanks for paying attention, Scott. Well, um, I, I know. I just got a long, super crazy uh, three or four paragraph text. So uh, okay. I thought maybe it was emergency or something. Well, let's go ahead and take a break. <laughs> then we'll come back <laughs> with shout outs and Scott can read his text message. Yeah, sorry guys. It's fine. I love everybody. What else? Yay. We'll be back with shout outs. It's the final part of the show as we come to know it around here. Shout outs. Was wondering. Oh no, it's the gun show. Oh, Dustin's showing off his guns. Damn. So, That's what saying shout-outs does to people. He started flexing <laughs> immediately. If you, got, if you got them, flaunt them, boys. Just take it all off. All right. uh, I'm going <laughs> to so run keep th- a shirt on. I'm yeah. just going to run through a few since you know we're coming right off the heels of the last episode, so not a whole lot. Uh, Colin Cherry, the guy who wrote the story last time, does want uh-huh. us to disseminate that to people, so we'll have a link to that in the show notes on bothdown.com. Okay. Um, Brad appreciates our game review at the end of the last episode. Well, and speaking of that game review, you know, I, I posted yesterday, I meant to post on Monday cause I, but I, 
waited to the last second. I wanted to let people know that, you know, we played uh, Marvel United some more. It's still not the deepest thing. So don't, don't act like you're going to play Scythe or something like that. But me and Jennifer, every time we play it, we go, okay, we are kind of doing the same thing, but the villain plays different every time and we're still having a blast. So there's not really any sin in liking something that's kind of simple. So no, definitely not. so far we really like it and we are happy to, to pledge for the next thing. Um, you know, are we going to get all of our money's worth? Probably not. But the latest campaign had a, uh, you know, X-Men and had a ton of, it, it, it was $12,000 shy of making $6 million. Jeez. And I would love to send all these models to Dustin to get painted, but to be truthful, there's so many models. I'm not even going to start the painting thing. Otherwise I'm going to be wasting more time and money on a game that is too simple to deserve high quality. Painting. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> well, much. I, I will say it reminds me of us. I haven't had to play it, but what I've seen him, it looks like a simpler, quicker arcadia quest type deal where you can just get your things and go but i want to come out and play with y'all because i think they killed it on the theme it looks great you got uh, they did a good job it, it is and like i said um you know maybe it's the groups we played with maybe it's because we played the villain once so we didn't figure it out but uh the last time we got together we got me and jennifer got together with a couple jake and callie langham and we played with those guys and um kang just mauled us and i mean and i think what that means is is those villains in that marvel united game have the potential if they're shuffled randomly right they can really kick your butt and at the same time it can also stall out if shuffled <laughs> right for the advantage for the player long story short this is not a marvel united podcast <laughs> we, we are still enjoying it even though Steve doesn't in the few yeah. gameplays he's had. And, you know, maybe over this summer when we have our little friend get, get away, I can maybe talk him into a few more games and yeah. see if he likes it more. And maybe by that time, me and Jen don't like it as much. But so far, so good. But see, realistically, you just stated my problem again with it. it nothing you do matters. It all depends on how the villain plays. Whether... Um, it comes out hard or easy is just but, a random well, luck. Don't you, but don't you say, you can say that for Gloomhaven, right? Yeah. I mean, like, if the villain, if you shuffle that villain deck and flip it over and it's bad, then. But that's not the only, I mean, you still have to strategize and work around and move and stuff. Oh, yeah. I think there's strategy here because we play where we don't okay. communicate and it sure could have helped us last Saturday night. Oh, yeah, I can see we that. we played with those other people. <laughs> um, but I just let things happen. Sure. Regardless, yeah. if if you were one of those people that said, oh, I just saw this post late, <laughs> I'm telling you, Simon has a way that you can go back it late, I think up to a couple of weeks because they're in the business of making money. Of course. So, anyways. Uh, wanted to give a shout out to Jack from Maelstrom. As always, he does great work. Um, we have some new D3s, kickoff dice, to show off. So we'll be posting Are those, those later. Huh? Yeah. Um, well, you don't have to show me. I'm yeah. just asking, like, do you physically have yeah. them? Yeah, I have okay. them. Okay. Cool. And then we can always order more if need be. Kind of did a short supply on a couple of the colors because don't know who wants what. Right. Um, and then finally, for at least the shout outs, uh, Mike Thompson emailed us and said that he's enjoying the podcast and he created up a both down ball token carrier for uh, or a base in 3d rendering for like oh, a cool. 3d model it was really cool looking hmm. i don't know if you've seen that yet or not i'm guessing not no no you haven't 
But I get what you're saying. It's the thing yeah. that goes around the base. Yeah, it's on the base. You, you put the figure in, blah, blah. The oh. way to print that for you, let me know. Well, might do that. But yeah, that's all I have really for shout outs. Um, we Dustin... have a shout out, but I'm going to let hand this over to Dustin. Right. Uh, shout outs. Uh, first of all, appreciate you guys letting me on. Oh, no problem. Always happy to have guys. you here. Uh, really, you know, I stumbled across you guys. What I say, 2016 with my buddy. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Been fun to just listen to y'all's podcast and let, let yeah. me come on and ramble yeah, aimlessly it, for a couple hours. I it appreciate blew, that. It blew Scott and I our mind. Like when you guys drove six hours to come to Critical. Yeah, like, they didn't even know anybody. Why? It was a blast. Why would anybody do that? <laughs> Yeah. Then we were like, surely you guys don't care that much. And then we went, went out to eat at what Logan's and you guys were talking about the podcast. I'm like, okay, cool. They actually are fans. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really wasn't even like we were looking for anything. We just, he was looking for, he found it and told, you know, told me about it. So we just kind of, he and I've always played the same games. And so we yeah. just all of a sudden got we all now look at us. We're three <laughs> bald guys. We look like a hair club for men head on this zoom chat. A sexy hair club for men. <laughs> Well, that is true. With different levels and, of beard. Well, that's true, and I will not apologize for that. Uh, no, shout-outs. Uh, my buddy John, uh, you know, get me back in the game, get me out meeting you guys. Uh, everybody in, like, the Discord that, that hangs out with me, I do a lot of painting, and I shoot it up to my friends in a Discord, and they get just random people. They don't even art people. Just if they like it, cool. Then I know the, that somebody can tell what it is. So, you know, those guys, Garrett and Derek and Kyle and all those guys, Courtney – Jennifer, people that just look at my stuff and say, hey, it sucks or it doesn't, but give me honest feedback. Uh, my wife, Sarah, for putting up with my crap and giving me a place to paint in the house so it doesn't bother her. <laughs> and really, man, uh, everyone I'm going to see in Austin this weekend at the tournament, looking forward to it. Let's talk um, about that. Uh, there's a tournament going on. Is it San Antonio or is it Austin? It's in Austin, Texas. It's going to be uh, Saturday, Saturday. Uh, it's uh what is today? Saturday the yeah so the eighth. If you're hearing this now, you're too late. Too late. <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah, too late. And probably if, if you know me or if you if you if you know me and you've heard this podcast, you're probably gonna have a different opinion on me when you see me there. Cause I'm probably not gonna care at all if I even played one game. I'm just gonna be glad to be around people again. What Dustin's saying is he's going to be drinking while he's playing. And if you'd like an easy win and a good chat, just try to get Dustin. Hey, that's that's me anyway. You know, I've never played. I've never scored more than like three touchdowns in a four game tournament. Don't act like I know what I'm doing. If I can <laughs> kick you on the ground and then kick your dude, that's what I'm about. But no, uh, and that's it. Really, all my shout outs. I appreciate it, guys. Uh, thanks for letting me come on and ramble with you. Um, oh, I, I I got one more here. Oh, go ahead. I do have one more shout out to Jen Prime for uh, being awesome and putting up with uh, this bald guy over here. And, well, uh, she she puts up with Steve, that's for sure. Well, she yeah, I know that's what I was talking about. That's true. Steve, not Scott. No, shout her because I again, people in this community is why I keep coming back. And Scott, Steve, uh, Jen, everybody in the Norman uh, Wizards, everybody there, just awesome. The first time I went, super cool, super inviting. And one more thing, and I'll, I'll shut up. Uh, one of the tournaments, one of the first tournaments I went to was Nuffleween, and I got to play y'all's friend Brian mm-hmm. that weekend, and that was he kicked, he killed my dwarf <laughs> team in the first half, and I, I, 
I conceded at halftime. Scott came up to me and said, you know, we don't want to do that tournaments or whatever. But it was the nicest ass kicking I'd ever gotten in my life. <laughs> Dude was super cool about it and understood. Like I literally had two dwarves left at halftime when we came back. I couldn't really knock outs. I could see it after old knockouts and I had two guys I couldn't even put on the field. I was like, this is just not even going to be worth our time. And anyway, just wanted to say that because, uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd like to, I guess this would be a pre shout out. I, we just got the information just a few days ago. Uh, one of our Blood Bowl League guys, uh, Tony Radford, is putting a tournament on. So you, you might just be hearing this for the first time too, Dustin. It's going to be July 24th. It is part of some smaller little gaming con Twisted. at a hotel. Twisted Game Con or something like that. I yeah, forget. Twisted Lords Game yeah. Con or something like that. We will have more information next podcast for this. Um, he's finalizing the rules. I think the tournament doesn't start until like one o'clock that Saturday. Just so you know, if you were even remotely thinking about like you're jonesing for a tournament, you're going to have to stay the night because it is a three round <laughs> tournament that's going to wrap up about 11 o'clock at night. Right. But this is, I, I think, a convention where they play games all weekend at some point yeah. for 24 hours. For sure. So yeah. I'm just letting everybody know now. So when I tell you more details on it, the next podcast, you're not totally surprised. The bad thing about this for me is I want to go desperately but it's a weekend I have my kids and I like the fact that it's three rounds and it's kind of like taking its time and not starting till like one o'clock. But if I didn't have my kids that weekend, it'd be awesome. And I'd be really awesome. It'd be great to go and relax and take our time, but I have my kids and I don't know if I'm going to leave them alone that long. So sure I'll worry about it. that. <laughs> I'll worry about that as it comes closer. Yeah. Uh, don't worry about it today. But just for everybody out there in the Oklahoma, Texas, traveling, Missouri, whatever, I know everybody's dying to get to tournaments. So July 24th. And it again, is limited on space. So It is limited on space. So if you're concerned about getting in, let him know. And um, we'll, like I said, we'll have that information coming up. And you could drive in that morning, you know, like it's, it's going to start late. So yeah. anyways. I just thought I'd let you guys know about that. And I don't really have any other shout outs. Thanks to Dustin for coming on. Uh, hope, hopefully some of the information we talked about for new painters that will help some of them kind of relax. And if not, they can get a hold of you, Dustin. Yeah, please do. And if, if they can't get a hold of me, I'm sure you guys could get me in touch with somebody. I, I, I'm here to share. Um, I just, I appreciate you guys and accept uh, tournaments this weekend. I'm, I'm excited to go. I know this is, it's always a touchy subject, but I'm, I'm fully vaccinated. I'm going to wear my mask guys. I just want to say <laughs> after 2020, I don't give a crap about who wears a mask. Who does not just be kind to each other and help each other out, man. It's the only way we're going to make it to this stupid world. Trying That's to. About it. God, it feels All so right, nice okay. to be fully vaccinated and going outside and doing stuff. I saw a movie. I've gone to stores. It's been awesome. I just, yeah, I, even I've had people come to me and ask me if I was vaccinated. And I said, yes. And they said they weren't. And I said, that's your choice. And I, uh, I respect it. And, and you I guess you don't care anything. about society. So enjoy. Oh, I know. Hey, you know, it's their choice. I'm not going to go into that. What I'm going to say is like, we're, we're, none of us are long for this world. We might as well make the best of it with each other. Cause it, 2020 should have opened up a lot of eyes that it don't take very much to turn this whole thing upside down and mm -hmm. shut off. So but thank God for working remotely. Yeah. I love you guys. I do love you guys. And I love everybody. Hit me up if you need me. I'm, I'm glad to help. 
Yeah, and Dustin, we appreciate you. You've donated a lot, a lot, a lot of time and effort um, without accepting money. You, you refused it in the past and stuff like that. So um, you're, you're pretty much the third person, third part of Oklahoma now, for sure. And I know I break your balls a lot, but uh, you're a very kind man, and that that doesn't go unnoticed at all. So um, just keep being you. Yep. Um, But yeah, I think that's it. So let's go ahead and wrap this up for now. Um, And then we will be back later this month, next month. Who knows? Uh, Probably. Let's, let's be honest. I'm going on vacation. I'm so ready to get on vacation. I can't tell you enough how. Is that a two week vacation? I'm so ready to be gone. Yeah. Uh, We'll probably not have another episode until June, but hopefully if you're listening to this and you're at the end of this, you're going like, I'm really glad that this came out on time. So hopefully we'll get this posted (laughs) maybe even early a little bit next week and, uh, you know, go from there. Okay. So, all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Steve, Dustin, thank you very much. Y'all have a good night. You can follow both down on Twitter at both down. You can follow Scott at real Scott prime and Steve at Kilowog two eight one four. If you'd like to email them, the email address is bothdownpodcasts at gmail.com. Or for more information, you can visit them at bothdown.com or at facebook.com forward slash bothdown. Have you heard of the high elves? Body's still warm. Looks like there's a killer about.